Well, hello there. Uh, yeah, well, I'm a good friend of Elaine's. No, no, uh, well, actually, uh, we're, uh, we're not friends. Uh, we're, uh, we're much more than friends. And, uh, well, I'm afraid we have a bit of a problem. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name is Stephen. My name is Ivan. How you doing, folks? And this is a uh, Seinfeld podcast where we take a random episode of the show and examine the secondary characters from it. This week we are doing a underrated episode, I'd say. Uh, season 4's episode 6's The Watch. The Watch, yes. And it's actually a two-parter. Um, the previous episode was The Wallet. Um, and I actually think The Wallet's a better episode. I, I, I didn't mind The Watch, but I felt like The Watch was more of a continuation of the events of The Wallet, as we saw uh, you know, at the start of the episode with the recap of the episode. Yeah, I think it's the only time that Jerry actually narrates the recap. He goes, this is what happened last week, or whatever he says. Yeah, it's one of the very rare occasions where uh, there's actually references to the previous episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of the time, the two-parter episodes, there's a bit of time between the ending of the first episode and the start of the second episode, but this yeah. picks up literally... From the second the first episode ends. Yeah, that's right. As I soon mean, as the watch ends, yeah. the uh, sorry, the wallet ends, the watch starts. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, Helen and Morty and uh, Leo, they're in the French restaurant and uh, Kramer's talking to Elaine and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's quite a bit going on. And George yeah. is in the car with Susan. Yeah. So it's like it's like halfway through the conversation. Yeah, it's, it just feels like one uh, one long episode literally just cut straight down the middle. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, we'll talk about, uh, I guess, I don't have many secondary characters this week. I just have notes on Cynthia, his Dalrymple's girlfriend. Um, Naomi, who's uh, known as the hostess in this episode, she later appears in The Bubble Boy. And I think we did speak about her in The Bubble Boy episode, Steve. Yeah, we would have. I mean, that laugh is unavoidable. <laughs> of course. Ha! <laughs> what, how does um, Jerry describe it? It's like Elmer Fudd sitting on sitting on, on a juicer. That's right. <laughs> in the bubbly. And also, I have notes on the French waiter and the doorman. Very uh, interesting characters. Yeah, and I've got a few notes on all of those characters, plus a few notes uh, on the characters that we've talked about at length before: uh, Seinfeld's parents, Uncle Leo, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, he steals a wallet with four hundred dollars in it. Yeah, well, he doesn't steal it. Do you the think he steals keepers. it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay, fair enough. It well, wasn't it's Morty's like... fault for not checking that wallet. That's true. Just because it has Velcro. Yeah, I, I would take the same thing. If it was on the ground, that's a different story. Yeah. But if it's in the bin, the person who disposed of it doesn't want it. There's no obligation to check, to you know, to ask people, hey, is this your wallet? It's yeah. in the bin. But a big mistake. Morty should have checked. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and if you think we should go in the bin, like uh, <laughs> Morty's wallet, you can email us. <laughs> You can tell us that. Uh, email us at Bidwabas Podcast. Your email gmail. will probably com. end up in the bin. That's true. <laughs> the spam yeah, if bin. you want your if you want your email to go into the junk <laughs> bin, <laughs> email us Bidwabas Podcast at gmail.com. You can say hello on uh, social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. Uh, you can listen to this podcast, obviously, because you're doing that right now, mm-hmm. and all the previous episodes on whatever podcast service you choose. That's and right. it would really, really help us out if you want to leave us a five-star review. Mm. Uh, it really helps us with visibility, and uh, it makes us feel good. Yes. Uh, all the details for the Patreon and the socials and all the other bits I've just mentioned are in the show notes. And uh, yeah, you can check them out. That'll be awesome. That's it. Seinfeld-isms, mate. I actually have one. I think it's my first one in like five or six episodes. It's been a while. Yes. Uh, went to Audi the other day. They had a whole row at the uh, front of the register full of Pez. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Unfortunately, no Tweety Bird ones. They only had Pokemon and some other kind of characters. Okay. Whatever the kids are into these days. <laughs> what about you? Uh, yeah, so I, about two weeks ago, I actually missed it last week, but I'll uh, include it in this week's. I was invited by a friend to a Festivus. Oh. 
Yeah, nice. I think it was in mid-December. It wasn't on December 23. You d- did you win the Feats of Strength? No. Well, I didn't go. So, the, the Festivus is happening in about three weeks in mid-December. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll be in Sydney that weekend. So, I can't go, ah, unfortunately. Me. But it was nice to be invited. I'd love to do Feats of Strength with you one day. Well, maybe we should like live stream can, it on You can YouTube go in channel. my stead. Okay. You know, I'll just be like, hey, my friend, who I won't say her name. Yeah. Uh, here's my friend Ivan. <laughs> he likes Seinfeld. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Here you go. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it, it was also like a nice confirmation that I've obviously got good friends if they if they like Seinfeld enough to actually have a festivus and invite people over. Yeah. Um, do I listen for, to the podcast? Uh, I don't know actually. Oh, you she knows know. that I do it, and we've talked about it. I don't know if she's an active listener. Okay, hopefully so, she is. Yeah, hopefully. If you're listening, hey. Yeah, if you are, hello. You know who you are. That's it. Seinfeld news. You only have one article this week. Yeah, it's been a bit of a slow news week in Seinfeld world, uh, and it is actually. Uh, a local bit of news well local to Australia so mm. there was a mural of George Costanza uh, that was painted a little while ago it's in Port Adelaide which is a suburb of Adelaide uh, it was originally painted by a couple of artists Jade Harlan and Tiffany Risedale and unfortunately it was vandalised oh no Vandelaid or vandalised oh that's a good one vandalised art vandalised art vandalised yeah. oh my god that <laughs> makes works. perfect sense yeah did you just make that up? I just made that up. Okay. I did not Google it, I swear to you. Why wasn't... Surely, if if a, new, if, yeah. if a newspaper reported on this, surely that was their headline. We'll have to Google it. Art vandalized. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, anyway, it uh, it got enough attention that Jason Alexander actually tweeted about it. Oh, yeah. What did he say? Uh, he uh, he put a link to the article. I think it was in like a South Australian newspaper. And he said uh, the famous George quote, you know, we're living in a society here. Yeah, we're living in a society. Which I think is perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. So Art Vandalese, that was that was great. <laughs> like I said, I didn't, I just made that up on the spot. Oh, you've been chomping at the bit to say that. You've been, as soon as you saw that article, you were like, Art Vandalese, I can't wait to, I can't wait to pretend that I just made it up on the spot. Well, actually, I didn't even know that happened until you told me. So. Oh, yeah, there sure. You go. Yep. I should work for the Herald Sun or the Daily Telegraph or yeah. something, you know, and just, just write their pun, their shit. Uh, articles, you know, with their shitty articles, just write pun titles. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah, that's the only good thing about this. African articles. gangs running wild. I'm sure I could come up with something, you know. No, it's just the written version of a current affair. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Doll <Dodgy> bludgers <laughs> ripping off pensioners. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. Neighbours from hell. <laughs> Dodgy tradesmen. Which dishwashing detergent is right for your family? Imported seafood. <laughs> <laughs> Bureaucratic red tape. Yeah. <laughs> Pyrus Herald Sun, god damn it. Um, anyway, so we are talking about The Watch, Season 4, Episode 6. Let's just jump straight into the plot, eh? Yeah, sounds good. Uh, first aired in the US on September 30, 1992, directed by Tom Sharonis, written by Larry. Uh, Realising that his uncle, Leo... La- Larry David. I was going to say. <laughs> Stephen looking like, Larry? Larry who? Who's Larry? Larry, Larry he was Charles? Just, he was Larry just some David. crew member. They're yeah. like, hey, Larry, do you want to write an episode? And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was the caterer. <laughs> yeah. um, Realising that his uncle, Leo, now owns the watch he threw away in the previous episode, Jerry tries to buy it back... Oh, actually, no, from the pitch, rather, not from not from the watch. Mm. Yeah, yeah. find out the pitch. Uh, Jerry tries to buy it back from him. Leo drives a hard bargain, however. Jerry gets a date with the waitress at the restaurant, Naomi, played by Jessica Lundy. <laughs> but begins to wonder what he's done when he hears her laugh. You sound like Peter Griffin when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> She's kind of Peter Griffin-esque. Yeah, a little bit. But a bit more. She's like Fran Drescher and Peter Griffin. Yeah, yeah. If I they had we, a kid. I think when we did the Bubble Boy episode, I did mention, I did allude to Fran Drescher. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. From memory. Yeah. And she, she's like Fran Drescher. When did The Nanny come out? This episode aired when? Sorry, you just said it. Uh, 1992. I think we had a debate about this. I thought The Nanny aired like... Was like 93, 94? Yeah, something like that. I thought it was like the mid-90s. Mm. I remember we had an argument about it. And you're like, okay. no, it was like 93 or 94 or something. I don't know what we need to argue. We've got the whole internet yeah, exactly. to look it up. When did it come out? 
Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you're going to check. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I'd rather argue. Yeah, okay. Makes, let's argue. makes it more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> more clicks. Um, George's effort at negotiating a better deal when, with NBC goes sour when Susan tells him they're not interested. Uh, Elaine's desperate to break with her psychiatrist boyfriend and gets Kramer to pose as her new love interest. Doesn't exactly go as planned. And uh, George eventually, he negotiates, but he negotiates for a lower offer, which Jerry describes happens in the Bizarro world. Nice <laughs> reference to the Bizarro jerry there yeah that's right episode yep and uh the as you know or as i'm sure you know it's sort of one of the most commonly bits of uh, commonly known bits of seinfeld trivia is that there's always at least one reference to superman in every episode yeah and that's this one so in the bizarro world oh so, the bizarro world yes yeah that's right the bizarro superman other secondary characters in this episode morty and helen seinfeld like we mentioned before uh, uncle leo of course uh, joe davola dr reston susan as we mentioned and also russell dal rimple uh they're the recurring characters um, other characters, Cynthia, the French waiter, and the doorman, which I have notes on. Uh, just a bit of trivia about the episode, Steve. Uh, like uh, like you, I only have like one or two bits. Um, this episode is part two uh, with The Wallet, the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you have? Uh, in the episode, uh, Kramer mentions to Dr. Reston's that the Dr. Reston's Dr. Mm. Reston yep. that the cigars he gives uh, him were made especially for Fidel Castro. However, in real life, Castro was known only to smoke Trinidad Funadors, Funadors, okay, uh, which is uh, a skinnier cigar than the sort of typical Cubans that are shown on on in this episode and on TV in general. So, right. yeah, a bit of a I guess a misunderstanding there. I guess mm-hmm, I guess bit. people would think, well, Cuban cigars, obviously Fidel Castro would smoke them, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't. No. He smoked Dominicans instead. I, I think I so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jessica Lundy, as I mentioned, she plays the hostess, who's later uh, named Naomi in the Bubble Boy. Um, other actresses to go for the role: Amy Yazbek and Mariska Hardigay. Um, and but Marissa end up ended up playing an actress auditioning for the role of Elaine in the pilot yep one who jerry's interested in love me some hagate oh yeah she's good in uh, law and order svu isn't it yeah she's in that one yeah dun, dun. Dun, dun. these are their stories <laughs> anyway we'll be back uh, let's take one break and uh we'll come back and talk about some secondary characters hey seinfeld fans we've got lots of really cool things we're planning for bid in the future that's right we're growing and evolving and to help us in that process we're asking you to take literally two minutes to answer a really small survey that we've set up that's right. If you head to the link that's in our show notes of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. We sure would. And uh, thanks so much for your support. And now on to this week's episode. Welcome back. We are going to talk about some secondary characters from this week's episode, The Watch. Uh, let's start with uh, Jerry's, I guess, love interest, but mm. future girlfriend. Yes. Uh, Naomi, the hostess at the French restaurant. Yes, played by Jessica Lundy. She's appeared in the films Single White Male, uh, Female rather, <laughs> not Single White Male, uh, and The Stupids, as well, like I am just then, <laughs> not saying the correct movie title, uh, as well as the TV series The Inspectors. Uh, she appears again in The Bubble Boy in season four, where her name is revealed to be Naomi. And uh, yeah, like Jerry says, uh, she sounds like Elmer Fudd sitting on a juicer. He mentions <laughs> that in the episode. Um, yeah, so the hostess, I, she's really keen on Jerry. And, and it's interesting that Helen picks up on it as well. Helen thinks, oh, she's an attractive girl, very pretty. You know, she's a beautiful girl. And then Jerry's like, oh, she's all right. She's all right. And it takes a bit of uh, coercing for him to say at least, you know, she's pretty. Yeah, I yeah. think Jerry only does that to, to shut Helen up. Because mm. she's really pushing this and it really gives me the shits. Very it's, pushing. You know, no, Helen just wants her son to be happy, in married, in love, whatever. Yeah. But she can want that but also not be pushing invasive. Well, yeah, I know. She's you know, a bit invasive in yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, Naomi's not in this episode a whole lot. 
Um, yeah, like you said, she flirts with Jerry. She obviously likes comedy. She obviously thinks Jerry's charming because she, yeah. when she first reveals her laugh, it's from a really bad joke. What yeah, is it? Yeah. Why? Why are fish so skinny? Because they eat other fish. They <laughs> fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love how Jerry walks out. He thinks he's leaving on a high because he's like, oh, I just made this cute girl laugh. I just got a number. He's he's got a spring in his step. And then you see his and then he sees laugh back. and he's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's he comes going back. On? Yeah. I think she has a really good sense of humor as well. I yeah. like when she says, uh, you know, I've had my eye on Uncle Leo. Mm as a joke yeah yeah it's a good good sense of humor yeah good, she's lighthearted. Yeah, she's very lighthearted. yeah but it's also flirty as well mm. yeah. yeah uh i think she would get uh a lot of good tips yeah from, i think from, so too. from patrons as well i think yeah. she carries that attitude obviously she's keen on jerry so she's going to be a bit more flirty and mm. and sort of fun with him but i think she has that attitude anyway yeah um and uh, you know, I think most people, especially in American hospitality, turn on the friendliness to get more tips because that's you know a lot of their wage. But do you think it's genuine for her? Uh, I think I think person. I think it's a case of she just increases the volume slightly. I don't oh, think yeah. I don't think she fakes it. I think that's her natural disposition, but she just sort of just increases it slightly. Do you but think, she's like yeah. that out of work anyway. Do you think people tip less when uh, they hear her laugh? Uh, maybe <laughs> they're like, "What the hell?" I'm sure there'd 5%. be some. Jerry, Jerry would, George yeah, Jerry would. would, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine a situation where George tips her, and then he hears her laugh, and then he figures out he tries to figure out a, a way to like get half of his tip back. Like or he, he gave does her like 15... the calzoni where he tries to get the money back from yeah. the tip jar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He tries. You know, to like he tips like her fifteen yeah. percent. Like, oh, she's really fun and flirty. I'm going to give her twenty percent. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to take back ten of those. Ten percent of that twenty percent. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I liked her. Um, obviously, we see her more in The Bubble Boy, and she's more prominent. She ends up uh, in The Bubble Boy becoming friends with Kramer. Yep. And uh, her and uh, Kramer go skinny dipping before uh, the cabin is burnt down. Yep. Um, I love Kramer's... I mean, it's we've already done that episode, but Kramer's look when she laughs in the car. He you loves know when, it, though, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at first, he's a bit sort of confused. Yeah, like, What's yeah. that sound? And That's then, right. Yeah, and then, yeah, he, yeah, then, yeah. He's, then he's fine. Oh, he's loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have yep. anything else on her? No. Nah. There's not a lot to work with. If you want to find out more about her, go through our previous episodes are uh, the bubble boy yeah that was like last year sometime i think so yeah, yeah we did a while back yeah, all the it. previous episodes are just blurring into one other than the soup nazi yeah and the episode where my parents appeared yeah the rest are just i don't know sometime in the past <laughs> in the past yeah, just yeah. Go back even last week's episode we could yeah. have recorded last week or three years ago i have no yeah. idea but she's uh but naomi's in this episode and the bubble boy the only two that she appears in yeah in the series yes, anyway uh cynthia what do you reckon? Talk about her? Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. She's played by Mimi Craven. She was born at Millicent E. Meyer. She's appeared in several horror films, including Nightmare on Elm Street, Mikey, and Swamp Thing. Uh, she's also been in the TV shows uh, Star Trek Voyager and L.A. Law. And you're probably wondering, horror? Craven? That sounds interesting. She's the former wife of Wes Craven, oh. the late director from 1982 to 1987. Though, I'm Did Wes Craven die? I think he died a few years ago, yeah. Oh, did pretty he? sure. I okay. Have a look. I'm pretty sure he did. I've uh, never yes. been much of a horror guy, so mm. I don't really know much in- about mm. horror stuff. Stuff. Interesting how she kept her name, though, how yeah. the Craven name. Hmm, interesting. After you they know. divorced. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Uh, anyway, maybe, no, he maybe, did pass maybe, away in 2015. Okay. Yeah. I think some people, especially if they've got a public profile, just keep their name because that's sort of what they're known for. That's They've established themselves under that name. Yeah. So to change it might be a bit confusing. So maybe privately she changed her name back to a maiden name, but yeah. publicly it was still Craven because, you know, that's what she's known for. That's what she was Craven. <laughs> she's craving some craving. Craving some horror films. But it's cool how it's funny how she was married to Wes and it was, was in several horror films yeah. as well. So it's good. Bit of nepotism. Like, yeah, yeah, Never a little go. bit. A little bit. <laughs> anyway, yes. That's like um Steven Spielberg and his I can't remember her name, the actress's name from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. The one who plays uh, Indiana's love interest. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He was 
I think he was Steven Spielberg's wife. She was. She was, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, his okay. wife or okay. maybe girlfriend. Yeah, right. And she had zero or very little acting experience. Okay. And she's not very good in the film. Like, she's a good character, but she's yeah. not a very good actress. But she's not the main focus of the film. No. Yeah. But it's just like like a huge starring role like that in a huge film should have gone to like a good actress who yeah. worked hard for it. Yeah. But she's like, well, I'm stuck in, I'm sucking Steven off. So, yep. <laughs> oh, well, shit happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least she was Indiana Jones, you know. Yeah. She did well. That's true. Anyway, yeah. So, Cynthia, um, yeah, definitely a high class person. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, probably, what do you think? She's in corporate or something? Or is she a model? Like, what do you think? I mean, Dalrymple, obviously, with his money, not that I'm saying... You know, I think with, you know, with his money, he's probably able to, uh, what's the best way of saying it? He can attract certain women. I, I think guess. so. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think, I think, uh, you know, certain people, men or women are attracted to other people of a certain class yeah. or of a certain uh, status, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when it comes to wealth or, or in society. Yeah. And I think she's, yeah, she, I think she uh, mixes with the upper echelons of, of uh, New York Society, the elites. So she's a socialite, you reckon? Oh uh, no, not not a socialite. I just think that that is her social circle. I, th- oh, you know, mm-hmm. I think she has a job, and like, I think she uh, is. I thought she was a model. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I had a bit of a theory that <laughs> I don't know where it came from. <laughs> sure, maybe because she seems to really want to spend time with uh with Russell. Yeah, he do- she does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if George came into any situation I was in, I'd want him to fuck off as soon as possible too. So I understand why she's very annoyed at George. Yeah. I was thinking maybe she's, uh, maybe her and Russell are having a bit of an affair, you know. Oh, and okay. Maybe, maybe they're t- nothing. I, nothing. I Russell was divorced though. Um. Oh, well, no, no, no. Because daughter she, comes to visit. No, because she's married. Oh, she's married. Yeah. Oh, you so think she's married? Maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, nothing. Nothing in her uh, scene indicates that. It was okay. just a theory that I sort of just plucked out of nowhere. Fair enough. So because she's craving some. More attention. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe her husband doesn't give her enough attention. That's exactly right. Okay. So maybe I, I wrote word for word. She's the bitter wife of another executive at NBC. <laughs> and maybe, maybe because <laughs> maybe. All right. Maybe. Okay. Um, that's you know, cool. That's spicy. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. Not? Um, I mean, I that's like what it. we do. You know, we invent a bit of a backstory. Yeah. That's Usually, it's it. based on clues, but this one's not based on anything. No. The only thing that made me think, well, that that made me think that that could be supported, is the fact that she really values the time that her and Russell are spending together, probably because Russell works really long hours. Oh, definitely. And also because, you know, if if you're having an affair, generally you've got to be quite uh, deliberate about the time you spend together. You've got to be very planned and say, well, we meet at this time on this night at this location. Yeah. So any distraction would be very annoying to her. And George just comes in and ruins the extramarital affair. (laughs) Exactly. You know, they're about to eat their veal and then they're probably going to have some, you know, some spicy sex after that. that's it. And then George comes in and completely upsets the... Upsets the vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, yeah we'll I, with that. Yeah. I reckon she just exists in a relationship, in a marriage where, you know, her executive husband works way too long. It's probably a sexless, loveless, uh, emotionless marriage. And Russell, he seems, you know, he, I mean, he's, when he gets obsessed by Elaine, he's very uh, expressive. Mm. And he, even though he's sort of unhinged and unstable about yeah. it. Yeah. He, he knows how to emotionally express himself to women, at, you know, on some level. So maybe she responds to that as well. And okay. she likes the time and attention. Yeah, you make a really good point because, yeah, yeah she really wants to have dinner with him. Yeah. She, and she even goes, oh, yeah, I'm hungry. And, yeah. yeah, I think really I think, time with him. I think, I think okay. if she was his girlfriend or someone that he'd been dating for a little while, I think, and she knew enough about his life, I think she would be a bit more understanding 
about the fact that oh, some random's going to show up just as we're about to eat dinner to talk about TV stuff. Because if you're the president, if I if I was dating the president of some huge company, yeah, and occasionally in our personal time, it's interfered like his, you know, that person's job interferes with our personal time. If you date someone like that, you've got to be understanding that yeah. they're running a huge company. Sometimes they're going to get distracted, mm. but she she doesn't seem to understand that. Yeah. So, and I think that is because of their li- very limited time together. Yeah. For you sure. know, but I think if she was a girlfriend, she would be like, "Oh, okay. Well, like we're about to eat dinner. It's a bit annoying, but I'll just I'll just deal with it because yeah. that's that's part of his job." Fair call. But she doesn't see she doesn't want to tolerate it at no, all. She doesn't want to yeah put up with his shit. No. But one thing I found interesting as well is the time that they eat. They eat basically after Jerry and all that's done with dinner. I'm guessing mm. it's probably like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Yeah. yeah I mean, they've already paid They've paid for the check. And yeah. They're eating dinner at 9. So Russell must have had a big day. Yeah. Big day at work. I'm, I imagine yeah. he'd be working, you know, 12, 14, 15 hour days every day. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's just reality of working as a CEO. Yeah. But that's why they get paid the big bucks. That's it. And then Cynthia comes over and has a good time. Yeah. Enjoys the steps in the apartment that George always wanted. Mm. <laughs> in an apartment. Sunken staircase. You know, one step. Oh, it's not oh, really sunken. Yeah, it's not really sunken. <laughs> $8,000. All right. $8,000. Uh, I love George is so awkward in this scene. Oh, I love he's it. Just, like, he's it's just, just really it... trying to impress Russell. He's trying to do everything he can just to get that deal. Oh, but I everything. Love it. It's just dig up. Yeah. Like, he's just digging himself. He's digging himself more and more into that sunken he bloody. Sure is, yeah. But that's sunk- the fun of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the doorman. Oh, the doorman, yeah. George Bonanza is George here to Bonanza see you. George Bonanza is here to see you. Played by actor and producer Louis Dalba. Uh, he's known for The Island, Something's Gotta Give, and Jingle All The Way. He passed away on October 3rd this year in LA, aged 70. Ah. Yeah, this year. I mean, yeah. October 3rd. Damn, there's been a recent spate of like actors who've uh, done work on Seinfeld that have died really young. Mm, show's 30 years. Oh, really young. Yeah. I mean, you the know, show's 30 week, years old. I think but... last week or the week before, there was a couple of guys who died at like 65 and 67. Well, the guy who played Howie last week in the finale he was 50. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Ah, sad. Unfortunate coincidences. Oh, well. Yeah, things I, happen, you know, if the show's 30 years old, you know, things, things yeah. are going to oh, I'm just saying the age that mm, in which they're yeah. dying, it's like 60 to 70. Mm, very sad. Uh, anyway, they left a great legacy on the uh, on the show and their other projects anyway. They so did. That's how we'll remember them. That's it. That's it. Mm. Uh, I think he really enjoys um, sort of fucking with people like George. You know, yes. people, maybe I'm sure he deals with a lot of desperate writers who want to get uh, in with Russell. And he probably, you know, I, I'm, there's probably many Georges out there who... <laughs> You know, they find yeah. out where Russell lives yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or something. They get a whiff of, of, of Russell's place and they, they're they really desperate to talk to him. And I reckon he really enjoys being the literal gatekeeper See, of Russell's was, time and access. Yeah, because you were saying off air that Bonanza, he actually said that deliberately yeah. just to piss him off. I think it was a dig. Yeah, it's good. For sure. It's just like George Bonanza because he pronounces Bonanza. If it, if it was just a mistake, I think you'd just say, yeah, George Bonanza's here. But he says George Bonanza. Bonanza. He really emphasizes the yeah, word, doesn't so I think he, he does it to, to, to fuck with him <laughs> just even more. Just to fuck with George. Yeah. yeah. And, but, you know, he's not the first doorman who's a real prick in this episode. Oh, in this series, I should say. Later on in the doorman, the little yeah. episode, you know, the, that doorman's a bit of a prick. So he's like the proto-doorman. Yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> he, he sets the precedence for the other doorman. Some doorman in uh, Jerry or Larry's life must have really upset them because every doorman that they have... In uh, in Seinfeld, seems to be like a power tripping jerk, and they all seem to have stories to tell. Yeah, They're incredible. I don't know. This you can see it in their eyes. You yeah, know, they've seen so many different guests, different people, different events, and it's really affected them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I reckon he really gets off on the 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 little power that he has. Yeah, uh, when it comes to uh, letting people into Larry uh, to 
Why did I into just say Larry? Larry? <laughs> into uh, Russell's apartment. Into Russell's apartment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. yeah I think, because obviously, uh, well, being a doorman, I mean, it's probably very tedious at times. Yeah. So, yeah, he probably just does it to kind of spice up his shift. Yep. He's like, oh, I'll just piss. This guy looks like a bit of a dick. You know, yeah. Piss him off. And I reckon because he, he has to deal with some, I'm sure, difficult people from time to time. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, there is a stereotype that, uh, you know, wealthy people might be a bit dismissive or talk down to less wealthy people. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's been sort of mistreated a lot by some of the more wealthier tenants or owners in whatever buildings he's worked in. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, when he has a chance to sort of spice up his job a bit, um, and I think he would have the ability to read people very well, Yeah. you know, dealing with some difficult personalities. So I reckon he'd, from the first second, know that George is... A bit of a bit of a prick, <laughs> just a as a prick. person in general. Just a little so, bit, yeah. Yeah, so I think he does. I think he thinks that George deserves to be fucked with a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's a bit of like a tiny bit of sadism in there, yeah, but not, but sure. not in like a in a real evil way. No, he's, no, he's no, just he's not. He's evil. just messing with him. He's just messing with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, do you have anything else about him? No, um, that that's it. Um, now the finally for me, I have notes on the French maitre d. I told you this would be a shorter episode. Yeah. Um, played by Christopher Carroll, he's appeared in Little Nicky, Akira, and Primal Fear. Oh, the last two movies. Pretty good. <laughs> Not the first one. Um, yeah, so he's the maitre d, also known as the French waiter. Yeah, he um, he he's very reasonable. Like him and Morty are having that in exchange. Morty's saying, you know, uh, when I go back to Florida, I'll just send you the check. And he goes, why don't you just get your son to pay and then you pay him back? Yeah. He doesn't want to get too involved with the family, but he's just like, he's the more logical one in the conversation. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense, doesn't he? Yeah. Hmm. No, Morty, Morty's the sort of person, when he gets an idea, he doesn't back down. Yeah. He's he's not very reasonable sometimes. No, very no. Even yeah. Jerry says if you can come up with a way to not pay with cash, you the whole monetary system's been made redundant. Yeah, you know, we've got to start start again. Yeah, and I like yeah. how Morty's like it'll be fine, and then as soon as Jerry leaves, he's like, how the oh. hell am I going to pay? How am I going to pay this? Because he did lose his wallet in the previous yeah, episode yeah, yeah. with four hundred yeah. bucks in it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just I think the Maitre D. He he doesn't usually come across these kinds of scenarios. It's probably really weird. He's like, oh, um, you know, we are a business because, and then I love when Morty's like, you're talking about business. I've been selling rent codes for over 35 years as if that's relevant it's like, <laughs> but you never gave them away did you exactly like, major d is very very sound very reasonable guy yeah I, you yeah. can't really you can't really um argue against his position yeah. morty's just being stubborn for the sake of being stubborn of course he just doesn't want to be wrong the maitre d just runs a really tight ship him yep. and naomi you know do all the work and the chefs and the other waiters and stuff waitresses and he yeah. just wants to run a tight ship and he wants his money simple as that yeah I just he think- runs a high-end french restaurant a very well reputed establishment. Yeah, he wants everything to run like normal. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure being the maitre d of a high end restaurant would be quite a stressful job. Oh yeah, a lot of things to juggle. So if uh, if a if a random ex uh, raincoat salesman comes up and tries to propose this weird payment method, he's just going to go, <laughs> mate. My job is hard enough. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Basically, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need another complication. Someone's whinging about the escargot. Someone's saying they didn't get bread with their soup. Exactly. Give me a break, man. Yeah. I got other shit to do. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't pay, go away. Go away. Or get your son to pay. Yeah, get your son to pay and then pay him back. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. No, I, I, I respect his position. I do respect him. I liked him too. Yeah. He was only in that one scene, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the exchange back and forth between him and Morty. Yeah. The only thing I guess I didn't really like, and it's more of a portrayal thing is that he seemed very over overly stereotypically french yeah like the american idea of or the sitcom idea of what a 
what a French maitre d' would be. Yeah, it was yeah, very like stereotypical. It, almost I mean, cartoonish. The, yeah, in I mean, a way. the actor's name was Christopher Carroll. Yeah, so clearly not French. No, but yeah, no, no. I get what you mean. It was it was very overt. His accent. Oh, it just it, it just sounded it sounded yeah. like a cartoon. It sounded like Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, it was just a bit. It was <laughs> yeah. it was a tiny bit on the nose. Yeah, I, I, so know. to speak, with Pepe Le Pew. Exactly <laughs> on the nose. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, that's all the notes that I have on all the secondary characters. Do you have any other notes on anyone? I know, I know we've talked about Doctor Reston and. All that stuff as well. I mean, could we? Do you want to touch on him maybe um, a little bit? I can't really remember what we said in uh, what was the, the episode? Pitch of the pitch a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I know we talked about. Uh, you know, we talked about him. I can't remember specifically. We talked about him. That was when Elaine and him were overseas, and yeah. he was worried about Joe, mm. uh, Crazy Joe, getting his medicine and stuff. And mm. we, we, I think we talked about how he really cared for his patients. Yeah, and he felt terrible if he didn't. Well, serve I think right by them. I think it's worth talking about him a bit in this episode because in this episode he's more rather than being worried about. Uh, Joe or any of his other patients, he's worried about himself. Yeah, he's and being, he's, he's got a big psychological pull as well. Yeah, Kramer. yeah, yeah. I think the only sort of note that I have to add, and I think it's only relevant to this episode, is I think he's quite manipulative. Yeah, um, and controlling as well. And I think he knows it. I don't yeah. think he's just doing it, and he just happens to be influential. I think he knows how to play with people. Mm, he does, and I think he quite likes it. He comes across as a bit arrogant as well. Yeah, he, he kind of has like in the first episode uh, in the pitch. He comes across as caring and professional, but in this episode, he kind of has like a kind of creepy, manipulative vibe about him. Yeah, he uses Kramer to try and get with Elaine. Yeah, you know, and, and he manipulates Kramer, who's easily manipulated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I he just gave me a bit of a a, a bad vibe, I guess. And then he finds out because Joe meets Elaine. Joe's unaware. We don't find out till the opera, or Elaine doesn't find out till then that Joe's a nut. Yep. Um, but then Joe goes, "Oh, I'm in love." With Elaine, and then yep. Dr. Reston's like... Did you say Elaine? Did you say Elaine? But, you know, it could have been any Elaine. How did yeah. you know it was that Elaine? In a way, he kind of reminds me of Hannibal Lecter, but without the cannibalism. <laughs> like a like a super intelligent, very manipulative psychiatrist. Yes. But he obviously doesn't kill and eat people. Oh, but if you not take, that we know of, yeah. No. But if you, if you take that aspect away from Hannibal Lecter, and you just think about his manipulation and his intelligence and his ability to sort of control people through talking to them and, and preying on their weaknesses. I think, I don't know, I kind of got a bit of that creepy dark vibe from Yeah, he him. does that, that creepy vibe, that yeah. kind of almost macabre. Well, not quite macabre, but yeah, very creepy yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah, he's just controlling and manipulative. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I had. I do have notes on Susan Ross and Uncle Leo and, and such, but nothing really to add that we haven't talked about before. No, that's right. I mean, all Uncle Leo just gets, you know, Jerry tries to buy the watch off him. Yep. You know, and then uh, he finds the wallet with 400 bucks in it, so he's double lucky. Yeah. Lucky on both counts. He wins. Yes, he does. He got 750 bucks that day. He did, yeah. For nothing. For nothing. For nothing. Not bad. That's a lot of money back in the 90s. Yeah. It's probably, what, a grand now? $1,000 more? Still 750 bucks now is pretty good. Yeah, I know. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Good size. Not bad. Not bad. Let's take one more break, and we're going to find out where the watch sits in our Seinfeld episodes, uh, and if any of today's secondary characters make our top 20 of all time. We'll be back. All right. 200. But that's as high as I can go. I really think you're being unreasonable here. Jerry, I give you the watch. It's not the money. I happen to like it. Look, I happen to know how much that watch costs. It's a $60 watch. You paid 40 to get it fixed. That's $100. I'm offering you $200. I've never seen a band like this. Oh, <laughs> right. $300 plus $50 for the repair. $350. That's it. You have it on you? <laughs> yeah, I think I do. Welcome back. 
This week we are talking about The Watch. We've just been through some secondary characters and uh, I have to ask you, Ivan, where does this uh, week's episode appear in your list of episodes we've reviewed so far? Out of 108 episodes, Stephen, 77. Okay. Um, you know, it was enjoyable in parts, but I felt more like The Wallet was the superior episode because this is a two-part episode. Um, I felt like there was more action in The Wallet, which we haven't talked about yet. We'll do that eventually. Um, but yeah, I just felt like The Watch was just kind of wrapping up all the events from The Wallet. Yeah. And plus adding a little bit more things, especially with George and the NBC deal who was trying to resolve that situation and Dr. Reston trying to get back with Elaine, etc., etc. Yeah, I just felt it was more of like a continuation. But the things, like when it hit in terms of humour, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You? Uh, it appears at number 88. 88, okay. Yeah, yeah so basically agree with you. It's uh, There's nothing especially great about the episode. There's nothing especially terrible. No, no, certainly um, no. It's not a bad episode. It's just... Yeah, know. it's just sort of uneventful yeah, in a way. It's just, ra- like I said, wrapping up the mm. events from the wallet. Yeah, yeah. So and I think I think what really uh, goes against uh, the episode itself is the fact that you know in every pretty much in every Seinfeld episode, there's always something that adds to each character, mm. whether it's the core four or secondary characters. In this episode, I can't think of anything that adds to yeah. like there's no new trait or new. Uh, part of the history or there's nothing new that is fleshed out of any of the characters it was more just a filler episode really. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it just yeah. kind of felt like th- it, it kind of felt like maybe the wallet was a script they really liked and they didn't want to cut any of it so they're like well rather than edit it down to a 22 minute episode mm, yeah. a self-contained episode let's just make a two-parter yeah and the second one will be a bit weaker yeah to wrap things but up. but yeah. in, for the sake of the storyline that's fair. what it needs fair enough yeah uh, any of the secondaries make your top 20 today nah, okay no. all good what about you uh no not for me um so that is but i don't want to be a secondary character for another week thank you so much for listening we love getting your emails your tweets your facebook messages yada yada uh we love it uh, next week Stephen, we're going to season five to talk about the masseuse oh lovely very lovely. Yes, I love a massage once in a while. It's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good for you. And yeah. it's good when you have a girlfriend that can do massages. Yes. <laughs> like Jerry does in this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. thought you were talking about my girlfriend. I'm like, well, she's she's not a masseuse, but <laughs> do, do you know something I do? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> have I been missing out on massages for a year and a half? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Has she been giving you massages? No. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, next week we'll be back with the masseuse. Uh, yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere, any podcast service. Uh, it's all in the show notes. Support us on Patreon and PayPal. And uh, thank you to our three Patreon subscribers as of recording, Holly, Nakia, and Tim for your support. We do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, my name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And we'll be back next week. And I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Take care. Yeah.